I know who I am in Christ. I am alive in Him. I am a new creation in Him. And I am His child. I could go on and on because my identity is in Christ. And because I have my identity in Him, I know there are also many things which I possess. Ephesians 1, 7 through 8a tells me I possess the riches of His grace. In fact, they have been lavished upon me. This verse says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us. There is so much that we have in Christ, and I am really looking forward to spending these next 13 weeks memorizing truth about all that we possess in Him. Several years ago, while memorizing in the book of Hebrews, I came across a phrase in Hebrews 6-9 that jumped off the page at me. It told me that we have things that accompany our salvation. These words leaped right into my heart and mind, revealing yet again what I already knew to be true. Salvation is the most wonderful gift, but when we are saved, all kinds of wonderful things come right along with it. And in that spirit, our focus in these next 13 weeks is going to help us celebrate these treasures we now possess in Him. As a teacher, my eyes are always open to the happenings around me. Things I see that could possibly help me teach a lesson, some experiences I have which I can share with others to help truth come alive and make it more real to us. Several years ago, I saw something quite simple, but something I will never forget. I've told this story before and probably will tell it for as long as God gives me breath to teach because even though it was very simple, it had a profound effect on me. So here goes. My family and I were at my favorite place, which is the beach, and I was in my normal beach position, relaxing in my chair, when a powerful lesson took place right before my eyes. A young couple came down to the shore. They were dragging three kids and a ton of beach plastic paraphernalia with them. The two older children, they were probably about four or five years old, and they were just ecstatic with excitement. They'd probably been begging their mom and dad to get down to the beach all morning. But you know, if you've ever tried to get kids down on the beach, you know it can take a while. But finally they had arrived, and, and the kids were just thrilled. So I looked on as these two children immediately ran down to the shoreline, splashing and leaping. I mean, they were just excited. My own two kids are a little bit older now, so it was, it was fun to just watch and, and relive these memories. But about that time, both of these small children picked up handfuls of sand and, and ran back up to their parents saying, Look at my sand! They were whirling around and just so impressed with this wonderful sand that they held in their hands. So they wanted everybody to see it. But after a moment, they ran to the shore and just threw it back in the waves. I kept watching. And moments later, they reached down into the sand again, and they picked up two handfuls of it and relived the whole scenario. Look at my sand! They whirled around and hollered. Over and over again, they did the same thing for the next hour or so, it seemed. Now, at first, it was really cute. I mean, they were just kids expressing excitement about being at the beach. But it got me thinking, what are they so excited about? I mean, it's just sand, and literally, there's a whole beach full of it. And then the Holy Spirit revealed humanity to me. Aren't we just like that? We run into this world and we reach down into its common treasures and scoop up something we think is thrilling and glittery and important. We twirl around with excitement and try to get everyone to look at what we have or what we've done. And many times they do. But after a time, we tend to get bored or disillusioned with what's in our hands. And so we just get rid of it. 
But before long, we're scooping up another temporal common treasure from the world again and excitedly inviting everyone in it to look at it with us. Over and over and over again throughout our lives, we do the same thing. Now, maybe you can relate, and if you can, I, I just have to tell you, there are many things in this world that I tend to get excited about too. Like I said, it, it's the nature of our humanity, and many of us experience many blessings in this life that we want to tell people about. But in light of the truth we're memorizing this quarter, the Holy Spirit brought that beach experience to mind again, I think, to ask me, how excited are you about the eternal treasures you possess that accompany your salvation? Do you even know what you have here? Are you scooping up these treasures and holding them in your hands as something very valuable? Are these things bringing joy to your soul? Are you whirling around, dancing with God about these great things and making sure that everyone around you knows about them? Well, one of the reasons we're going to be memorizing truth about what we possess in Christ is that we want to put these things front and center in our thoughts and hearts so that they'll get our attention. See, these things that accompany our salvation are much more valuable than the sands of this world. And I believe when we really take the time to look at them, we're definitely going to be celebrating them. This week, then, we're going to celebrate the riches of His grace that we possess in Christ. You know, somehow, when I was growing up, I missed the grace word. I'm not sure how that happened. I'm sure I was told about grace, but somehow I just missed it. What a difference it would have made for me to understand the grace I had as a believer in Christ. Romans 5.2 tells us that we stand in grace as a believer. You know, just like our feet sink into the sands of this world, our feet are standing deep in grace before the Lord. And God's grace is abundant. It will never run out. Kind of like that sand on the shoreline that goes on and on and on. What a difference it would have made for me as a child in Christ to scoop up handfuls of His grace and whirl around with it, amazed at how awesome it was. See, once I grab hold of His grace and really grab hold of its rich blessing, I won't ever throw it down for something better. Because grace is a true eternal treasure. So what is grace? Well, it's a word that we do use often in the church or in religious circles, but even though we use it often, I find that many of us really don't get it. We don't really grab hold of it, just like I didn't for many years. Grace is such a deep and rich word that it's really hard to articulate what it really means. I believe it's a divine word. But let me just try to define it in the context of understanding two other words along with it. We're going to start with justice. You know, justice is getting what I deserve. For instance, if I commit a crime worthy of death, I go before a judge and he sentences me to death for this crime, then he has given me justice. I got what I deserved, justice. What about mercy, though? Mercy is not getting what I deserved. If I commit a crime, I go before a judge and he knows that I deserve death, but he lets me go free, then he's given me mercy. I didn't get what I deserved. That's mercy. But grace, let's look at grace. Grace is getting what I do not deserve. See, if I commit a crime and I go before a judge and he knows that I deserve death, but he lets me go free, that, that's, that's mercy. But then he provides me with rehabilitation. And then he sets me up for a great job in life in my community. Then he's given me grace. I received all these things that I didn't deserve. 
Instead, I got grace. Instead of getting what I deserved, I got grace. See, we're all sinners. We've transgressed against the laws of God. The Bible says we deserve death. According to God's word, the penalty for sin is death. And that would be justice. But instead of death, we received mercy, we received mercy because we didn't get what we deserved. We received death. We didn't receive death. Instead, we were allowed to go free from our death sentence. So we did receive mercy, but we also received grace. Because not only did we not get what we deserved, which is mercy, we also received all these other things, so much more. We received many benefits that accompanied our salvation. We received the riches of His grace, just like our verse this week says, in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us. Do you see how this reads? It tells us that we have redemption and forgiveness. Now, how or why did we end up with these things when we really deserve death? According to the riches of His grace, which He lavished on us. See, not only were we allowed to go free from our death sentence, which is mercy, but we were given other blessings we did not deserve. According to the riches of His grace, we received these blessings like redemption and forgiveness. We don't deserve to be redeemed. We don't deserve to be forgiven. We're not entitled to these things. These are given to us in accordance with His grace. We're receiving things we don't deserve. And our verse tells us that God has lavished these things and more upon us, all because of the riches of His grace. We possess the riches of His grace. See, I think about all the things in my life that I have that I do not deserve. I have the riches of God's grace. I have peace with God. I have forgiveness from God. I have a filling of the fruit of the Spirit. I have access to His throne. I have joy. I have the peace of God. I have power and love and self-discipline. I have the mind of Christ. I have the ability to do all things. I have His forever love. I have everything I need pertaining to life and godliness. I have victory. Now you might recognize the list of these things. These are all the things that we possess in Christ that we're going to be memorizing about in the coming weeks. They are all the things that accompany our salvation, things that we possess in Him that we don't deserve. They are literally the expression of the riches of His grace. And you know what? There are many more than them. We just don't have time to memorize them all. In fact, the riches of His grace are so abundant, we could excitedly scoop up handfuls of His grace for the rest of our lives and still not have whirled around with all of it. Why? Because He has lavished the riches of His grace upon us, given us more than we could ever imagine. When is the last time you whirled around dancing and celebrating God's rich grace in your life? It makes me think of the song by the group Big Daddy Weave called Fields of Grace. Some of the words say, there's a place where I love to run and play. There's a place where I sing new songs of praise, dancing with my Father God in fields of grace. I love my Father, my Father loves me. I dance for my Father, my Father sings over me. And nothing, nothing, nothing can take that away from me, dancing with my Father God in fields of grace. You know, in the next 13 weeks, we're going to memorize truths of all the riches of His grace that we possess. And I believe as we embrace these truths, we will begin to dance with our Father in the fields of His grace. In Christ, we possess so many riches 
of his grace. He has lavished them upon us and nothing, nothing, nothing can take them away from us. That is truly something to dance about.